The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown. To zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. I'm Laura Nash, and I'll be speaking with Max LaManna today. He's the author of a book, a new book, called More Plants, Less Waste. Max, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I read your book. It is so nice. It is beautifully done. There's lots of photos. There are lots of recipes, but... I like that it it isn't like a typical cookbook where it's just recipes. I love how you have little stories in between because it makes it really nice for reading and for flipping through and keeping out on your coffee table as well as in the kitchen. So can you tell us your story that led you to healthy and plant-based food? Absolutely. And thank you again. The vision for the book has always been uh, a piece to encourage and inspire people and not just through recipes, but through daily actions, even when you're outside the kitchen. My story goes all the way back to when I was born, actually. My father bought his first two restaurants when I was just born. So I grew up in his restaurants. And in fact, his restaurants were fast food restaurants. So at the age of five, I uh, was coming home from uh, baseball practice. And my father, we would drive by this statue every single day coming home. And the statue was Atlas, Atlas holding the world on his shoulders. And I asked my father, I said, who's that? Who's this person holding, you know, the the, the world on its shoulders? And my dad told me that it was him um, at the age of five. And of course, I believed him. And I said, well, what do I need to do in order to, you know, be like you, dad? How do I get to hold the world on my shoulders? How do I get to be strong and big uh, like you? And he says, well, you need to take care of your body. You need to eat good food. And you have to work hard. Oh, that's great. So it, which is which is interesting because he had this, you know, he had this fast food restaurant, and then he also had, uh, you know, his teachings were to, you know, eat healthy, and so it kind of he, he was playing the both sides of it, like contradictory um, of, a little bit. I guess. Yeah, they're both con- they both contradicted each other. Yeah, exactly. So that's just the the the, the background of of my story, and and I I've always pursued and have gone after eating healthy, eating healthy food and eating food that was going to give me the nutrition and the energy that I needed to to live a healthy and uh, happy life. Was it a journey that you went on to become a vegan? Like, did you go vegetarian first or was it kind of like something that <laughs> happened overnight or like, how did that part happen? <laughs> well, there's, there's two parts of this story too. I originally went vegan like this. There was There was no... Um, I was snapping my fingers when I said like this. Um, <laughs> there was no overnight. There was no. Oh, let me think about this. I was I was in Hawaii at the time. I was uh, with friends. We're on holiday, and um, a group of friends came over to me, and I was in the kitchen cooking, and they asked me if I was making anything vegan. Now I had no idea what vegan was. I think the closest thing to it, I knew what vegetarian was. So when they said vegan, I corrected them and said, "Do you mean vegetarian?" And they said, "No, we mean vegan." And I was so intrigued. Now, again, I'm glad that I I shared the story of uh, my father at a, when I was young, telling me, "Okay, you have to eat eat good food, take care of your body, work hard." 
all of this. Now, when this couple introduced veganism to me, they shared their reason why they went vegan. It was for, for them, it was for the animals. The second aspect was for the planet. And then third was for their health. They said, well, you know, you seem very open and interested to this idea, this, uh, this lifestyle. You know, it was like they were selling it to me in this really, really kind and polite way. They weren't pushing it or force feeding it down my throat. As I, as I see, you know, people in this space, people who, who are activists, in, in the vegan space who, you know, they really want you to understand what they're doing and what, what they're going for. And they just kind of like, they want to jam it down your throat where I think how they approached it was just, here's this information, take it, take it however you want to. Now you have the choice. Now you have a choice to make that, make that decision or where you want to go next. And for me, it was always the health in the beginning, taking care of my health. So that's why uh, I remember my father at a young age telling me, take care of your body. And this is, this has always been the um, the focus for me. But now uh, with our current climate issues uh, that we're facing, my focus has entirely shifted towards eating plant-based, eating vegan for the planet. That's amazing. And they go hand in hand. And I, I just put an Instagram post up the other day about this. I feel so much healthier now that I'm eating packaged free because I'm not eating weird ingredients that I don't know. I'm eating like way more fruits and veggies because obviously they come unpackaged the most. And then of course I get dried stuff for jars like beans and quinoa and rice and um, even pastas and, and things like that that are like more basic. So I feel I right. feel like there's a big connection between the health of the environment and the health of of uh of our bodies too, which is yeah. which is really nice. It's a nice thing. And and I did notice that in your book. Like I was actually wondering is Max a vegan? Like, I don't really know because <laughs> I found you weren't pushy. And I, I really, I appreciate this because where I'm from in Canada, meat is a big part of the culture. It's how we built Canada, like with cows and chickens and pigs. It was a very big part of, of Canada. And uh, especially with our First Nations, with hunting and fishing, right? So it's tough for Canadians to make the switch or to understand it. So having a book that's not pushy, like you're very bad for eating meat, meat's bad, you know, sometimes people just react defensively to that and then just don't want to listen to it. But a book like yours is like, here's what I do. And it's like really awesome. And look at all these nice ways you can eat really good veggies. And then the whole book doesn't have any meat in it. Like by the time you get to the end, so you kind of figure it out, right? <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. This book has always been to encourage people to just eat more plants. Nothing in the yeah. book. If you if you've looked in the recipes, if there's if it says milk or if it says cheese or butter or eggs, there's there's a plant based alternative for that in the book where I show you how to make those recipes, or you can go to the store and, and buy it in a, in a package. But that isn't my focus. My focus is to bring you back into the kitchen and cook food from scratch. But nothing says the word vegan in it because, again, eat more plants, create less waste. This is for everyone. This book is for everyone. The closest way for me to get to people who aren't uh, necessarily considering plant-based options, this is the closest way, is removing that label because we don't need that label. We just need people to be more mindful in the kitchen, eat more plants, and I'm healthy, thriving on a plant-based diet. That's and good. It's, just making those small, it's making those small changes. I think there's so many options here. And and one of my favorite parts about the book too is that there was this one recipe, uh, I wrote down the page number. Oh yeah, page 121. It was about stir fries and you wrote how I cook. So you were like, okay, just pick, just pick a grain, 
pick a veggie, pick a flavor, and pick a green. And you can just pick anything, like whatever you have in your fridge. But those are like the basic building blocks because I think people get so caught up in a vegan recipe. They're like, oh my gosh, I don't have like stevia or maple syrup or smoked flavor or like coconut oil. Like there's just some some things that you might not have or know where to find them. So if you're open-ended with the recipe instead of very, very strict, then it opens that recipe up to so many more people um, if you can be more flexible with it. And I don't think I've ever seen that really in a cookbook before. So I was happy to see that because it's definitely how I cook. Yeah, there's a lot of food that we have sitting in the back of our fridges right now or or in our cupboards that aren't being used or aren't utilized at this moment. So the reason I put that in there was to inspire people to cook the food that they have because most of the food that we, we bring into our homes is wasted. One third of the food produced for human consumption on this planet is wasted. That's roughly the size of the land, the size of China that is used for to grow food that is never eaten. And here in the UK, one third of every grocery bag that we bring into our homes, that food ends up being wasted. So it's, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's about utilizing the food we have and not spending more money than we have to. Mm-hmm. And it's it, the kitchen has shifted, I think, whereas we're more cooking for ourselves instead of like just women in the kitchen cooking for giant families. And I think it's hard for us, like the younger generation, to realize what to do with veggies. Like I see a lot of people on social media complaining about how they always have to throw out spinach because they want to eat healthy. So they buy a big plastic tub of spinach and then it sits in their fridge and like, dies and then they throw it out and then they'll go get more spinach because they're hoping to eat healthy. (laughs) They just don't really know what to do with so much of it. So if we can find ways, I mean, smaller portions are tough because then usually you get more plastic. But if we can just find ways of eating veggies, you know, with with different recipes like this, then I think it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a tip a tip for the tip for the spinach, once you get it, once you bring it home and if it's in a plastic bag, take it out of the plastic bag right away. Give it a rinse. And put it in a container or wrap it in a tea towel and, and it'll, it'll stay fresh for a few days. You've rinsed off kind of basically the, the lettuce or the spinach leaves that are in that bag have been sprayed with a chemical. So rinse that off and get it into a tea towel. Pat them dry because they're a bit, it's, sometimes they're a bit wet inside. And so this is going to aggravate the leaf when it's wet and it's in a cold, dry, dark space like your refrigerator. So get mm-hmm. it out of the bag, rinse them, dry them off and cover them, put them in your fridge. If you know that you're not going to finish it all right away, you can store them in a, in a paper bag or in another container and place them in your freezer. Yeah. This goes great. This goes great with smoothies. Um, you can yeah. even add it to a stew or a soup and that will just cook down and it'll, it, it's delicious when it's, when you find ways of utilizing the food um, yeah. and like storing it in your freezer. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I have a salad spinner, so I'll usually take a bunch of it that comes in a twist tie, unfortunately, or we grow a lot of lettuce in the summer. And then I didn't know about the tea towel thing. That's a good idea. But I do find the drying helps like when the salad spinner. So I'll take Mm -hmm. it and like spread it apart, wash it and then spin all that water off. And sometimes it'll last for like a few weeks. So I guess that's why because I was getting the water off. So it's good to know. And okay, so I like yogurt because I like to make all sorts of sauces. Like you can make some really good dips and salad dressings and stuff with yogurt, but it's tough because you have to keep it going. Like you have to keep making it 
<clears throat> and sometimes like it would go moldy before I could make it again. And then you have to buy another plastic container to start it again. But you have an alternative. So vegan yogurt. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I'm I'm pretty interested in in trying to make this. Yeah. Uh, with a vegan yogurt, basically, you can use any type of nut to start the base of your yogurt. The recipe in my book is a cashew yogurt, which I love. I'm I'm not a fan of cashews. For some reason, <laughs> I I can't eat a raw cashew. Really? For some reason, it needs to... Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. Sometimes I get sick from... I, I get, like, lightheaded. Um, it's oh my weird. Gosh. Maybe I have an aversion to it. Like a minor um, allergy but or something? I found, perhaps. So I, I, I wanted to find a way to utilizing cashews, finding a, a creative way. So I thought instead of making an almond yogurt or a coconut yogurt, why not cashews? So with cashews, you basically would soak the cashews and then rinse them and add fresh water to it and blend this into almost like thick uh, milk. Next, you would add uh, probiotics. And the probiotics would give it that, that uh, active bacteria for it to ferment for a few days. And that's where you basically have your yogurt. It's the live cultures that are in the probiotic that give it that fermentation, that uh, tanginess of yogurt. Yeah. And I saw that you said you could use capsules or I guess you can, like, yeah. where do we find these sorts yeah, of things? Yeah, the capsules, yeah, the capsules, typically they're not sold in, you know, zero waste stores. So I find to be a little bit more uh, creative of reducing your plastic waste because most yogurt, if not all of it, is typically packaged in plastic in the supermarket. So this is yeah. just one way to reduce your plastic consumption. And these mm -hmm. capsules, these uh, probiotic capsules can be found in a health food store and usually are, are packaged in glass. So you can end up oh. reusing the glass for making your sauces. Like I typically, those small jars that I have for my vitamins uh, and my supplements, I usually use those as uh, my to-go sauces. So I put, add my sauce in there, add like my olive oil and mustard uh, and seasoning and shake it up. If I have a salad or some sort of grain bowl with me, I can shake it up in that small container nice. and reuse it endlessly. Yeah, glass is like tough sometimes on the recycling industry. So I just keep all mm. my glass. And then I'm just, I'm, I'm conscious of what glass I bring into my house because I know I don't want to let it leave my house. So I try and buy things that mm. look like good jars that I could keep things in or something because I have a whole pantry now full of, full of glass, which I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you probably have a lot <laughs> as well. We have a bag in our cupboard that's just filled with glass jars at the moment. And when we're out and we're refilling, if there's jars that we don't particularly like anymore, we end up giving them or donating them to the, the zero waste store that we go to. People walk into the shop curious and they want to they want to shop for more ingredients without packaging and they don't have a container with them. So it's uh, one way of like giving back and continuing this uh, circular economy versus um, a linear one like we're in. That's a great idea. And often I'll go to a zero waste store and won't have enough jars. Like no matter how many jars I can carry in, I always find something else I I want. So that helps too with people like me who just need that one extra jar. <laughs> yeah. So that vegan yogurt recipe is in the book, which is really nice if you're listening and you're you're wondering about that. And uh, there's vegan butter in, as well, which I thought was interesting. But can I ask you a question about the beans? Because the aquafaba is... Yeah, is what you're talking about. And we talked about this one on <laughs> our episode called Cocktails at the Lark because they use it instead of egg whites for cocktails to get that mm. like foam. 
Um, yeah. But you have a that's that's what you use for the butter, right? Was that it? I think so. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. also a recipe for the uh, banana bread granola. Oh. Um, and I believe you can use it in a few other dishes as well. But it is such a versatile ingredient mm-hmm. um, that can be used in anything. So if you have it, why not use it? Just totally monitor monitor how how much and how little you 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 consume and how it feels. You can make an aquafaba uh, mayonnaise. Uh, oh, utilizing this. So when nice. I when I came up with this recipe, um, I looked at food that I typically love to consume. I love chickpeas. You know, if I want something quick and accessible, I'm going to go for the tin chickpeas. And those tin chickpeas uh, are soaked in uh, a liquid called aquafaba. And that aquafaba, you know, most people drain it down the sink. And then I found a way of utilizing that aquafaba into something that can be consumed. And so plastic, we see it in our oceans. We see it actually in our in our bodies now, in our stools. They've they've done studies where plastic is showing up inside our bodies. Now, it was one way I said, okay, I need to find a recipe that is going to reduce plastic, but also utilize ingredients that typically are thrown away or or rinsed down the sink. Um, and that aquafaba was a perfect ingredient, a perfect substitute for making a plastic-free butter. Yeah, and that's that's pretty amazing. Like you're yeah, you're using the waste from it and I didn't know you could do it with chickpeas too. So it's not just I mean chickpeas are I guess a bean. Are they a bean? Uh yeah, they're a legume. Yeah. So yeah, yeah a bean. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if your fridge is empty before you go to shop because I find that I do that as well to mitigate food waste. So like my fridge is so full and then a week later it's like kind of empty again. Do you go through that cycle? I used to. I used to shop until I was completely bone dry. But now, now because I just, I have a smaller refrigerator. Um, I oh, have good. a below the counter fridge. So nice. I'm forced to shop almost twice, three times a week for fresh ingredients. I'm lucky that I have the time to be able to, to shop uh, frequently for, for fresh ingredients. But now that I have that that smaller refrigerator, I have, I guess, the time and the access to plan my recipes for the next two or three days before Mm -hmm. I go out and shop again. But sometimes I'm rolling ingredients over into something else. So like right now I have, do you call it eggplant or aubergine? Eggplant, eggplant for sure. Okay. (laughs) So I have a half of an eggplant right now in my fridge and I used half of it yesterday in one meal. Tonight I'll use it in another meal. And so typically I'm just rolling ingredients into the next into the next meal. If I'm not utilizing the whole entire vegetable or fruit, it's always rolling into the the next dish. That's awesome. In my earlier 20s, when I was uh, trying to make it as as an actor in New York City, um, I would wait until everything was completely out of my fridge um, before I went to buy something else. And there's been times where I was just having, you know, can of chickpeas and celery. But now that I'm, I have a bit more time and access to shopping a little bit more frequently. The world, the world has changed. My cooking has changed. Everyone has their own, their moment of realization. And it's just, how are you, like I said this before, you're given information. It's now your opportunity and your choice to make that change. I can't change you. I'll never be able to change you. That is you and only you. You have the access to do that. I'm able to provide you with information. I can inspire you and put you in that right direction. But in the end, you'll go to bed thinking about you. You'll think about what you can do, what you are able to do to make change. And that's what 
we all can do. We all have the access and we all have the ability to make the smallest change. And when we do that, when we make those small changes, we're making a big impact because Mm -hmm. slowly over time, what I've noticed in myself is, oh, wow, I found a way to recycle, you know, the, the leftover chickpea water, the aquafaba in one recipe. I found another way to utilize the seeds of a butternut squash. I found another way to use the skins of potatoes. And little by little, I started getting more and more inspired to create change because I was winning in those moments. I was winning in those moments. I was becoming successful in those moments of, of cooking. So it just, it, it gives you confidence to continue to be a more mindful global citizen. Um, because that's who, that's what we are. We're all on this planet together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a photo or an image a couple, maybe two years ago in plastic, uh, in the oceans and you couldn't see the water. You couldn't see water. It was just a wave of plastic. I think this was in the Dominican Republic and you just saw a wave of plastic just uh, in the waves. Yeah. And, uh, I think I posted asking people, where is this? Where does anyone know where this is? And people, you know, put their thoughts and everything. My response to that was, no, this is, you're all wrong. This is earth. It doesn't matter where, where it is. We are all a part of the problem and we all have the access to become part of the solution. Yeah, that's very cool. And you have a a 21 day challenge, which actually is amazing, um, which helps with Mm -hmm. that, with reducing our planet wide problem with plastic and, and I couldn't relate food and the zero waste movement enough because it's a huge, huge issue, right? You were saying like one third of our food gets wasted. So if we don't waste food, that's amazing. And if we stop eating so much packaged food, like it'll, it'll be good. We'll be able to have cleaner oceans, these sorts of things, but they're big, big challenges. Uh, but tell us a little bit about the 21 day challenge that you have. That's kind of in the back of the book, right? I think I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, when we first started speaking that this book, my book isn't just your typical everyday cookbook. There's, there's everything from a challenge in the book to tips and tricks to just being a more mindful consumer. There's also seven tips to waste less food in your kitchen. So um, this 21-day challenge is that guide to help you just it, – it, there's a bit there's, – there's a reason why it's called a challenge. There's one – I think there's one day where I asked you to go to a bakery and bring your own bag with you to collect the bread. Most bread is often – processed and it's often um, wrapped in plastic. So go to, a, go to a bakery, bring your own bag with you, ask them for, for a loaf of bread, ask them to slice the bread. Um, what was another tip I include? I think make your own cleaning product from citrus waste. These are all foolproof. So you, you can go for it, give it a go, and you'll be amazed at how well you do and uh, the things you can make from food that is typically would go to waste or um, just being more resourceful. That citrus bomb recipe that you have. So I, I tried that. Mm. I just never had thought about that before. And we usually squeeze fresh oranges for juice. And then yeah. I typically just have to compost the, the rinds. Uh, so it was nice to see different things that we could do with that. But then the one that I did was put it in vinegar. So I've got it sitting in vinegar yeah. on my fridge right now. Cause we have a, I have like, issues with my wrists. Um, they're, they're very painful. So it's tough for me to mop all the time. And I have a, a robot vacuum that also mops. Um, so it oh, really, nice. really helps me. And I usually put vinegar 
and uh, water in there and it does a pretty good job. But I usually get, I have a little bottle of, uh, what is it called? Like essential oil or something that smells nice. But those are little glass vials that I will probably never use again. So I don't really want to buy any more of them because they're too small to recycle. I just have no other use for them. So this vinegar that's soaking in the orange peel will be a great way for me to mop the floor and have it not smell like vinegar and have it smell nice, but still clean. So I, I like that a lot. It's it's another way to, again, uh, breathe new energy into the food that we typically waste. After yeah. you're done with the citrus rind, uh, after it's been soaking in the, the vinegar, you can compost that, you can shred it. Um, and, and add it to your, uh, into your compost heap at home if you have one. Another, another tip for utilizing citrus is you can definitely eat the rind. You can actually eat the pith, the white part as well. Um, I think there's a recipe in the book that um, shows you how to make candied citrus. So um, by cutting it and chopping it up into you know, some sized pieces, uh, you can dress it with some uh, sugar and bake it in your oven, and you can have candy citrus. Goes goes great with your ice cream. Um, you can even make marmalade with uh, with your citrus rinds. So oh, cool. there's there's a there's a plethora of avenues that you can take to just waste less. I think when people become more aware of the fact that we're not just wasting food, we're wasting money, we're wasting time, we're wasting energy, we're wasting transportation and packaging when we throw food away. If we can find another way of utilizing the food utilizing the the scraps, the the stems, the seeds, the stalks, the pith, the rinds, those those bits. If we can find, if we can be more resourceful, we end up creating more value in the food that we create. And then we're just gonna be, I think we're just gonna be happier in the kitchen. I'm so excited whenever I cook and I make a meal and it's it's an experiment for the first time. I've I've worked in restaurants nearly my whole entire life. I still get excited when I find a way to utilizing, you know, a certain ingredient. So I know you will too. I know people who are listening uh, will, will feel excited, will feel empowered to make more change, make more of a difference in the world by utilizing what they already have. Yeah. And if we can keep those food scraps at a landfill, it's very, very helpful. You don't want to be burning that stuff. And it's good nutrients for the soil anyway. So we should be using that for compost. But like you said, um, it's it's better to use it first for us. Like I think a lot of people who live in apartment buildings and stuff, like they probably don't have a lot of room for composting a whole like right. big giant bucket or something. So yeah, if we can yeah. reduce that, then it helps. And yeah, the, the garbage bag is less heavy when you have to take it out to the curb or yeah. to your, your dumpster bin. And there's just so many good things about it, which is awesome. If you don't have access to a compost heap, if you don't have access or have space in your backyard, contact your, your government, contact your council, contact your city and request a compost pickup request a bin, a food waste caddy bin. I did that. I did this here in London and they were, they, they came and they supplied one for me. Now, if we all speak up and we all do this together, they have to change. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask you though. So I saw that you lived in Australia for a while. You've lived in New York city. Did mm-hmm. you, did you grow up in upstate New York? Uh, I, I grew up in Connecticut. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and then you also, so yeah, you're living in, in the UK right now. So I'm just wondering if you have noticed anything in differences in sustainability or food waste. Uh, and the reason I ask is because we do have a lot of Australian listeners and listeners from the UK. And I find that Australia has like a lot of people who are 
for the environment. I don't know if it's because the coastlines are so big and beautiful. Um, and I think you mentioned maybe in your book too that uh, Australia was a little bit ahead of the game in sustainability when mm-hmm. you moved there. And talk about Australia. I did. I did find it a bit more ahead of the curve. I was coming from uh, Los Angeles at the time where I was living and um, moved in, moved to Australia. And I think it is being part, um, you're outside, you're surrounded by nature, you're surrounded by beauty. Of course, why wouldn't you feel empowered to, to take care of the planet? That's where I've noticed more composting. That's where I've noticed there was more package-free shops, farmer's markets almost on a regular basis. Uh, ocean pickups, people picking up plastic on the beach. I noticed this there, and that's where my mind started shifting a bit. What am I doing on this planet? What am I doing? What am I contributing to? How can I become a more mindful global citizen? Um, and that's where that shift uh, happened for me, was in Australia. Oh, nice. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It's contagious, too. Like, People tell me all the time, oh, I was going to have this plastic or that plastic, and I thought of you and like didn't. And I, <laughs> I'm just like, yay, you know, because I'm trying not to That's tell good. people what to do either. But at least I can find an example of where to shop, where to f- find things that are unpackaged, yeah. how to eat healthy, all this stuff. It's all all related and, and pretty Amazing. good. So this is awesome. So if anyone wants to buy the book, is it on Amazon? It's out March 31st. Oh, cool. And you can go to any local bookstore. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm going to be posting a give back. Now, there's a lot of giveaways on social media, yeah. but I'm going to be posting a give back very soon. So during a time frame, I'm going to announce every book that is purchased, I will be plant- replanting one tree, one tree um, oh, good. in a country of my choice. So that's that's my way of giving back. The, the book itself is made from uh, recycled materials, so you have this textured book cover. And most cookbooks have a plastic shield or shine on it. So it protects it from getting, you know, oil or spills. But my book doesn't have that. I requested to not have that. Good. Um, Yeah. So reduce plastic everywhere we can and be more resourceful. That's awesome. Yeah, I noticed that. It's because whenever I love to read and sometimes I'll get a hardcover book and then I just take that plastic cover off and I'm like, what do I like? I don't need this. You know, I just use a different bookmark and they always get wrecked anyway. I'm really hard on books. Um, (laughs) So I uh, yeah, I thought it was great that didn't have that that plastic part. Um, which is cool. Yes. Okay. So March 31st and it's uh, on Amazon or um, in your bookstore, if, you know, for reasons, if you don't want to buy from, from Amazon or whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really beautiful book and uh, I, I'm glad that you wrote it. And uh, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That was Max Lamana, vegan chef. He's the author of More Plants, Less Waste, plant-based recipes, zero waste life hacks with purpose. Thanks for listening. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.